0: Okay, what's up guys? Thank you for joining me for my video. Today we're going to be talking about Enneagram Type 1 and we're going to be looking at the subtypes. And um, wow, this is so interesting. This is so helpful. And uh, if you, um, you know, sometimes get confused when you look at other ones or you read the definitions or descriptions of ones and you say, yeah, some of that's true, but some of that... You know doesn't always relate very well or you know i see some of that in myself but i don't see all of that this is a great study to help you uh, better understand the differences between the three different ones and what the subtypes are saying is of each type you each of the nine types there's three variations or three expressions of that type uh, the self-preservation the social and the sexual um, I may use the term one on one or one to one or whatever because no eh, well, I don't know uh I'd hate for YouTube to pull a video because um because it's sexual, <laughs> okay, well, anyway, I don't think it means anything bad it's just whatever that's you know the way it got termed because it tends to be on how that person relates more one on one so each of the three types there's a uh imagine a seven laughing at something henri, okay, all right, so the uh the self preservation the social and the uh, and the sexual this is so interesting so helpful um you know the if you haven't if you haven't gone and you know learned about wings yet i would tell you to start there learn about the wings because the wings help you understand there's a huge difference between a one wing 9 and a one wing 2 you know and there's a huge difference between uh, you know, a type when when they're dominant on one wing or the other. And that can be a great place to begin because you may see other people that are ones and you think, man, that's not like me at all. Well, it could be that they're a dominant one wing two, you know, um, and you're a dominant, which is the advocate or the teacher, you know, and you're the, the one wing nine, which is the idealist. And, you know, that is a huge way to to differentiate between the types but this goes even further and it goes deeper and so let's let's not waste any more time let's get right into this this is gonna this is gonna take a while but let me tell you it's gonna be worth it okay it's gonna be worth it this is gonna be such a great series i hope these videos just get watched and shared over and over and over again as people learn more about you know themselves so they can be more compassionate with themselves see the goofy things the shenanigans we do and then be more compassionate with others maybe you live with a type one and you guys arguing and fighting all the time well hopefully we can help you understand more about yourself more about the people that you love all right so let's start with type one the self-preservation type um so uh, so be clear this this first part of this video i'm talking about the self-preservation type then i'll move to the social type and then i'll move to the uh to the one-on-one type okay so the the self-preservation type is also sometimes called the pioneer um or the detailer now those definition, those titles don't tell you much i know but the pioneer i think has the idea is like of the pilgrim or the better the puritan okay does that help a puritan when you think about the puritans think about we're leaving you know england because there the church back there is is corrupt and we want to have a more uh, right, more proper um, religious service. And we don't like that how it's gotten defiled over there. And so we're Puritans, puritanical, okay We want to purify. So the type 1 self-preservation has that puritanical pilgrim um, or detailer. Not meaning like you know they they uh, you know clean your car, but detail are like everything's about the details, about getting the details right. All right, this person um, doesn't think doesn't operate as though love is given freely to them in life. They operate as though love is something you have to earn by by being right, by doing the right thing, by getting it better this time than you did last time. I think a good character to sort of give you an idea of what the self-preservation one is like a modern day character is probably hermione granger off of um um, harry potter here's somebody who is worried who you see and worry is a big word with the self-preservation one anxious nervous worried I've got to study. I've got to, I've got to put my time in. I've got to do my best. I've got to get the most classes I can get. I've got to stay up late. So there is this nature within the self-preservation one that they turn that perfectionistic aspect on themselves. They don't feel like they've arrived. They feel like they're falling short. And they're very anxious and nervous and worried about that and so they've turned that that perfectionistic tendency on themselves and they're saying i don't measure up i'm not perfect yet 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 I'm not perfect yet, but I'm moving there. I'm doing everything I can to get there. I'm working hard. I'm trying hard. I'm giving all the effort I can. I'm doing everything I know to do to try to clean up my game and clean up my act and get a high score and to be respectable and to be trustworthy and to be reliable. This is the child that, um, how did I want to say this? Um, Well, I don't want to mess it up. this is the child that, you know, right. Okay. This is the child that like an eight who had to grow up too fast. This is the child that like kind of thought of themselves as like, I've got to be the responsible one. I've got to be the responsible one in the family. I got to make sure that let my, my little brothers, little sisters, or maybe my older brothers and sisters don't, don't get mistreated or don't get left behind or don't ne- get neglected. And so this child, you know, sort of has to grow up and be the responsible one in the family or takes that on for themselves. Maybe you really didn't have to, but you took that that on for yourselves. All right, so this this type one is, is truly called the perfectionist because they want to get it right. They want to get it perfect. They're trying hard. I think an older character, a character from the past that maybe some of the older viewers would remember is Felix Unger off of the odd couple that's another good example i think of this kind of perfectionist who's very you know fist what's the word fastidious about their environment keeping everything clean and it comes from a sense of like there's anger in there and you can see felix and hermione get angry but there's also a sort of a fear there like i'm afraid i might get sick i'm afraid i might get sick and so i need to clean my environment i need to keep it perfect i'm afraid i might lose something so i gotta put it all away i gotta organize it very obsessive you know, you could say obsessive-compulsive about things. Um, they're not perfect yet, but they're working at it. They feel very much not perfect yet. Um, they have very high ideals of the way they ought to behave and the way the world ought to work. Uh, they want to be decent, kind. Um, but that fear sort of is part of their motivations. They're not just motivated by anger. Anger's the driving force, and that's what separates them from, from sixes. But there is that sense of fear And insecurity and striving to be perfect they worry and fret and are on high alert they're anxious they're the most um, uh, tireless in their effort to get it right to try harder to be a good boy to do the right thing Um, they're probably the most responsible person in the family or seen that way they may not even feel that way but they're gonna be seen that way by everybody else because they want to do the best they can they Honestly, like that obsessive control, obsessive compulsive thing. There's some control issues going on. This person would like to be in control of everything. Uh, They may feel like an inclination to try to control everything, and they may feel like stuff around them is out of control all the time because it's not under their their control. They kind of have a uh, an idea like that. Their survival and well being is based on whether things are being controlled by them in their environment. They work hard. They pay uh, incredible attention to details and getting things done right and getting done in a timely way. They sometimes could become micromanagers and try to fix things that don't really need to be fixing. And so they could stir up trouble sometimes because they go around fixing things that ought to maybe just be left alone. Um, Some writers say that this type kind of is at war with themselves um that may be true for you interesting i don't know that like you know this is the person that might drink milkshakes and eat fries and binge in secret and then try to counteract that and negate that with handfuls of vitamins and like fasting and so this person like try to, to suppress their desires uh, they want to go out and be with their friends they want to go out and eat heavy they want to go out and maybe do things that are pleasurable and fun but they've got this incredible critic to tell them no and to stop that and bring it down. And so that internal critic, I think, is really loud with this person. And so they they find themselves like at war with themselves wanting to do this, but I better do this instead. And I need to tell myself no and shame on me. Why didn't I do better? Shame on me. Why didn't I try harder? Shame on me. Why did I give in to gratification? This is the most critical um, of Most self-critical, most self-critical of the of the three different subtypes, Um, they may appear on the outside as warm and friendly, and so their anger is going to be kept down, and they're going to often appear more warm and friendly because since they don't feel that they've arrived and that they're perfect, they're a little bit more patient with the rest of us. Because when they see the failures and the flaws and the faults in all of us, they see that in themselves as well. And so of the three different subtypes of type 1, this is probably the most warm, friendly uh, kind um, of the three uh, subtypes. Because they see all those failures in themselves. So their anger, think like their anger is heat, right? Well, that anger sort of gets channeled in this type into warmth um into sort of a a friendliness a gentleness i think that's fair gentleness and even like humor and and a funny a kind um warm um gentle type person because they see all their own failures okay so they hold back their anger more than the other three types they are what you could say anger repressed the anger's there, but they work on repressing it. They work on tamping it down. They work on, you know, holding it down. Um, they they may not even be conscious of their own anger, like a nine, you know, and they're right next to that nine, and it could very well often be one nines, very idealistic, um, but they may not be as aware of their anger as the other type ones are. And so when you hear, oh, type one, your sin is anger, the subtype Self preservation subtype one might go, I don't really ever feel anger all that much. I don't necessarily feel, I feel some anxiety more than I feel anger. Well, it might be, might be, that might be your case. You might feel a- anxiety or like a sense of needing to control things or detailer. There's that word detailer, like get into the details and fix the details and watch the details. And I think this type is more, this subtype is more alert, more, more like watching their environment on the lookout you know, for things that could go wrong or things that aren't measuring up or things that aren't following the rules or things that are out of whack that need to be organized and controlled. Um, Interestingly, each of these subtypes can look like another type on the Enneagram. This is so interesting. It's going to be good to bring this out in all these videos. But this self-preservation one can sometimes mimic or look like a, a type six. So this is the one that looks like a six particularly the social six um black and white thinking obey the rules um but the difference between one of the differences between a six and a one is at the end of the day ones are not fueled uh, by anxiety and fear they're fueled by anger but they're going to get a sense of that anxiety or like in the way they operate uh, where sixes are fueled by anxiety Ones also intuitively are going to know what's right. Sixes are going to look externally for what's right. Like look to the manual or look to the supervisor or look to others to get that sense of this is the way we're going to do things. Where the one more intuitively has a sense of what's right and wrong. It's difficult for self-preservation ones to stop being vigilant or to stop being quote unquote on. They wanna be on all the time, scanning their environment, watching for things that aren't correct, looking for things that need to be changed, seeing where they themselves are messing up or slipping up and need to take action, need to make things right, need to work harder. Um, they wanna do the right thing and they find uh, and find the perfect solution to their problems. They're looking to solve problems. And that's kinda of what sixes do, right? Sixes are, are, are known to be problem solvers um and this is motivated by a sense of need for safety maybe not in the same sense like a six like a six wants to be safe in the most general generic sense of that word you know safe from all threats i think for the one it's more safe from here's the key safe from blame I don't want to be blamed. I don't want to be called out that I did the wrong thing or that I do the wrong behavior or that I'm a bad person. And so I'm on the alert for anything in my environment, anything that I'm doing that needs to be checked or changed or stopped because I do, I want to be safe from blame. I don't want others to be able to point their fingers at me and shame me uh, and, and say that I've done the wrong thing. Uh, and I don't want to be the one that made things go wrong. Sensitive to being criticized, yeah, because they're so critical of themselves that when you add criticism to that, you know, it's more than they can bear. Always asking why. And this this is kind of you their their anger can probably, you know, because it goes beneath the surface, it can probably look more like frustration, irritability, resentment, sensitivity, um, tension, muscle tension. Uh, Just that general sense of frustration that things aren't the way they ought to be. And then they're kind of always asking this question of themselves and others. Like, why am I the only one that cares? Why am I the only one that's taking responsibility? I'm the one that has the key. And so I got to lock up. Everybody else gets to go home early. Everybody else gets to go out and have a good time. I got to stay with the mop and clean up. Whoa, I hit, sorry about the microphone. Clean up the environment and take care of everything and lock up all the doors. Why do I end up always holding the keys, always taking out the garbage, always cleaning up the mess while everybody else gets to do whatever they want? I'm the one who's left managing the environment. There's that irritation, there's that frustration, there's that resentment, and there's your anger there's your smudgeness okay there's your anger all right so that's the self-preservation one hermione i think is a good example of that okay she's she's a one but she's kind of like a worried fretting anxious one you know okay so let's talk about the social one the social one uh is called sometimes the evangelist I think that title fits, but I think it fits better the next one, the the sexual, this, the one-on-one. I got to change my language here. Okay. Okay. The, I think this is the title I like the best for this one. The Lawmaker. <laughs> the Lawmaker. Some of you guys are watching this video and you know your wife or your husband's a one and I just ruined your evening now. Or I made your evening. I don't know. You're watching and you're like, oh, man. Yes. The Lawmaker. That's him. That's her. Uh, but now I've probably got, now there's turmoil. Okay. Well, let me get out of this mess. All right. So the social one is called the lawmaker, the character for this. I think a good character for this, that, that, that shows the social one is Mary Poppins. Okay. And really Julie Andrews, whatever movie she's in. Okay, but Mary Poppins, I think, practically perfect in every way, right? Mary Poppins is a good example of what a social one is. The the social one is a little different than the self-preservation one. Because the self-preservation one turns that attention on themselves that they need to do better to measure up. They're not perfect yet, but they're working on it. Well, Mary Poppins doesn't believe that about herself. Mary Poppins believes that she's already practically perfect in every way. She's a teacher. She's here to mentor these kids and to mentor this family, to show them the better way. So type ones that are social ones, they sort of through life, you know, have come to the conclusion that they've learned along the way the best way to do things. That they've learned through trial and error and through study, to they've learned what the best way and the rightest way to live, to think, to do, and to act is. And so now that social one isn't aiming all of that need to be perfect necessarily just on themselves, like the self-prez is. The social one is now saying, look, I've learned all this. I've arrived. Okay, that's that's huge. They kind of have that sense that they've arrived at this knowledge and this information and this position. And now I'm here to help you guys. I'm here to help the group. I'm here to be your teacher. I'm here to be your mentor. Okay, so they have this little bit more relaxed nature about them than the self-preservation did. A little more relaxed. They're not as hard on themselves. They're hard on themselves, but they're not as worried and anxious. They don't look as worried and as anxious. The anger that turned into warmth for the self-preservation and looked like kindness and friendliness, this anger turns into cool, cold, sort of think detached and distant. This person is more intellectual this person is more cool in the sense that they're more intellectual. Not cool like, like, hey, I wear a leather jacket, cool. But cool like emotionally detached, a little more distant, a little bit more like I've got the moral high ground and I'm here to teach you what I've learned along the way. I'm here to mentor you and guide you guys uh, with some of the lessons I've learned along the way. Uh, the best way to do things. I'm going to show you the right way to do things. I'm going to teach you the best truth and the rightest truth um, and the best way to live and the best way to take care of your finances and the best way and how the world really works. And so this person, they're not as anxious, Um as the, as the other type. Because they kind of feel like they've arrived. And here's a good phrase for them. This is going to hurt. It's going to sting. I know. Get yourself ready. Okay. The owner of the truth. This person could be called the owner of the truth. Um, Kind of like they have exclusive ownership to the right way of knowing how to do things. Now, the first thing that pops into my mind is like loading the dishwasher. <laughs> So if loading the dishwasher, you know, comes into my mind, um, you know, because you try to load the dishwasher and you have the social one in your house, they're probably going to come to you and say, ah, 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 that's not the way you do it. You got to put the plates over here. You got to rinse it like this first. You got to put all the forks upside down. You got to put, they've learned there's a right way to do it. And then there's every other way. And every other way is not the right way to do it. So this person, here's a key word for them like the word for the other one one of the key words was anxious here's a key word for the social one rigid 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 okay non-adaptable non-adaptable though they they're right and everybody else is wrong um and now watch this you remember how in the other one they were seeking control they wanted to control their environment and then they would feel less anxious this guy this lady wants to wants to control too ones want to control things okay that's not a bad thing because a lot of the world does need to be controlled okay but ones this one the social one here's the idea i'm right you're wrong and since i'm right and have a righter way of doing things i ought to be in charge i ought to be able my say ought to be more valuable than than other people say because after all i'm right And if I'm right and I'm more knowledgeable and you're wrong, then I ought to control the situation. I should be in control of the situation because I'm right. Why would you put somebody who's wrong in control of the situation? Non-adaptable. Lawmaker. Lawmaker. Rigid. Okay? These are the words to describe the social, social one. Doesn't mean they're not a great person. Doesn't mean they have some strengths. People always say, how come you don't talk more about the strengths? Enneagram doesn't show us our strengths. It shows us where we're terrible. It shows us where we're broken. It shows us where we're messed up. And I could do videos all day telling you how great you are, but you don't need that. We need to know where 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 we've come disjointed and where we're dislodged so that we can then, you know, in our wounds, reach out for some help. Okay? All right. I'm not going to start preaching at you. That's very one thing you know the speaking style of the one is preaching <laughs> the speaking style of all ones is preaching okay so this is the owner of the truth um they take on the role of i'm here to show others you know what i've learned they have a very much this this social one has a very much teacher mentality a teacher mentality um and they're often unaware of that superiority mindset. They don't know that they come across that way as a know-it-all. People look at them and they're like, oh my goodness, they're just such a know-it-all. And they they often are unaware. They don't necessarily understand because they're unconscious of it themselves. They don't understand why they come across that way to people sometimes. Uh, but you probably do. You probably do come across as a know-it-all. The social ones in my life that I know often come across very much as as know-it-alls. And in this way, This one can look like a type five on the Enneagram because fives, you know, they do know a lot. Fives go research and gather information and buy their information. They kind of feel like they're going to be safe and secure. And so this one can look like uh, a five. They can be detached like a five. Like everybody else does it the wrong way. I do it the right way. Everybody else, they don't carry the right information they don't follow the right ways of doing things or the right social norms i'm different than them and i do it the right way and so they detach away from the group but i think fives detach in order to conserve energy the social one uh, detaches because they want to make things perfect and they want to be perfect and do it the right way and do it the perfect way and so they might detach uh, because they for different reasons but i think they can look like a five Okay, um, where the self-prez looks friendly this, the, and looks warm, this guy often looks intellectual and appears cool, um, but their anger can explode. Oh yes, their anger can explode. So they're not cool in the sense like their anger is, never shows up. It does show up at times. They take pride in modeling their good behavior and their high ideals for others to see. So everything's done as an example. Everything they're doing isn't an example. I shouldn't say everything. I know all and everything. I get in trouble with this. Somebody's going to call me out and say, you shouldn't say everything I do is an example. But a lot, let's just say that a lot of what social ones do is done as a moralistic lesson for the rest of us. Um, In other words, like if you see a, a type one, maybe washing dishes, a social one, any of them, but probably the social one, washing dishes... Um, not only are they doing it because it's the right thing to do, but they might be doing it a little bit to show you what you ought to be doing. You ought to be washing dishes. You ought to be cleaning your room. You ought to be taking some initiative in your life like I am right now. So let this be a lesson to you. Okay. So, um, they, they, they want to model those good ideals for others and they want, they want to do the they want to do things the best way there is to do things. And they believe that they know how to do things the best way there is to do things. And they want to teach others and they want to mentor others. Those are great things. People need to be mentored, people need to be taught. So I'm not trying to dog you and say this is bad. I'm just, I know I come across that way. Maybe viewed as know it alls. Um, they may argue. A lot like fives argue sometimes. Fives can get into arguing. Um, they may argue a lot with people who question their high ideals, or question their right ways of doing things, or question their perfect standards or their perfect ways. And they they may argue, or they may patronize uh, people that disagree with them. They can be they can be very supportive guides. Um, they can help people and have the best intentions of helping people. Probably that one wing two would definitely lean this way of wanting to help people. They want a clear set of rules and uh, a clear social role for themselves. This is where I fit. This is what's expected of me. This is what I do every day. And I don't color outside those lines. I stay in my lines. I stay in my lanes. And I do what I'm expected to do. And you can count on me to be dependable. And you would, if you would follow my example, you'd probably be better off. Okay? Social one. They may ta- They may take pride in not changing or adapting. I love it. It's so interesting. They may take pride in the fact that they won't change or adapt to the way new things are done. Like, I found out a long time ago, this is the best way to bait a hook, and I don't care about all those new, fangled, you know, those store-bought, those, you know, I found that this is the way, this is the tried and true, the tried and true way of doing things. Um, So I'm going to, they might be a little resistant to new and modern and and different. They might be a little resistant to those things and stick with their tried and true ways of doing things um, and have a little bit of pride in that. Um, Okay, so I think that pretty well describes the social one. If you're not angry with me yet, let's move on to the one-on-one one. one. I I gotta think of a better way to call this, the one-on-one one. That's so ridiculous. All right, so this is the counter type one. Okay, every, every type on the Enneagram, one of the subtypes will be a counter type. Okay, and it varies. It isn't always the sexual type. It isn't always the social type. But one of the three will be a counter type. And this this one-on-one one uh, is the counter type one. So that ought to tell you a lot right there. okay. Because the basic inclination of the one is to do the right thing and to be good. Okay, so just think a counter type of that. It may be a little bit like to appear as good. The impulse to do good, but not necessarily all the follow through of what it takes to actually, you know, quote unquote, be good. So the other titles for this are the Crusaders. Or the evangelist. I think evangelist best fits here. I think in one sense on the social, the evangelist fits in that they found the right way and now they want to share it with you. I think the best description of the sexual one, you know, like, okay, so Hermione for the first one and Mary Poppins for the second one. Who fits this one? You're going to hate me. I know it. I hate myself for saying it but i don't have a person in mind maybe eventually i'll get a person or maybe you'll suggest a person that fits this but i think of the classic tv evangelists okay now i don't mean like the guys today that are smiling all the time and you know have perfect hair and perfect teeth and make millions of dollars i mean the ones back when i was a young man uh back in the 80s and 90s that you know were moral crusaders okay they were moral crusaders And they would be on the news, and they would get you know time with the president, and they would come on and tell how all these things in society are wrong, and how they all need to be changed, and they all need to be stopped, and everybody needs to stop doing all this, listening to rock music, and they need to stop going out and celebrating Halloween, and they need to stop buying products that have stars on the labels and moons on the labels, because that's satanic, you know, and... And uh, that was satanic for you guys that aren't into all this stuff. All right, so the, the TV evangelist that's preaching, 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 right? And they're, they're condemning a lot of things in the culture that are wrong. They're shaming uh, people that are doing things that are wrong and firing brimstone, right? But then what do you find out? You find out that they got this whole private life going on behind the scenes that, that was off camera and they end up going to court with handcuffs because they've been embezzling money, they've been, you know, sleeping with people they aren't married to, they've been drinking and doing drugs and all kinds of shenanigans were going on back in the in the other room that nobody knew about. So while they're preaching it and see there's that counter type one, okay? Crusaders. They're going they're going off well, think like think like in the early days of American history, right? When we, we went Western expansion after the Civil War. Everybody's going West. Uh, in their zeal, they believe they had a right to go West and conquer this land. And take it from the savage, right? Those people are bad. Those people need to change. Those people, they, they're heathens. They're savages. Um, we have a right to impose our... Um, ideas, our ideals on to all these people and they'll be better off for it. They'll be better off for it. When when we come out there with our belief system and our, then we'll improve their life and can justify. That whole idea, that whole culture, that crusade kind of culture, you know, western expansion kind of culture is this, is this one-on-one, one type mentality is I have a right to take because I've earned it. I have a right to take what I want at your expense and you have a destiny to give me, meet my needs and you should be thanking me for it. And in this way, this one can sometimes look like an eight. So this is the one that looks like an eight because an eight, remember their sin is lust, right? And lust and its very nature is you and your stuff exists for my use and my purposes. And anytime I want to come and take it out of you, if I'm stronger than you, I can take it from you. I'm not saying all eights are like that, but that's the inherent sin of an eight is lust. And this one has that sense about them of like my views need to be listened to my my ideals my standards they need to be applied to your life and you'd be a lot better if you would listen to what i'm saying and do what i'm saying now do i do what i'm saying well maybe not so this this one has a trap door you know um where they can kind of like sneak out underneath the desk and go off and do what they want to do and give in because they've earned it. That's kind of the way they think is like, I've been so good. I've been so cautious, so careful that I have a right. And they justify and rationalize their own bad behavior uh, because after all, I'm so responsible. I'm so that I've kind of earned this, you know, freedom over here on the side that as long as nobody knows about it and as long as it doesn't hurt anybody, then what's the big deal? Okay, so they kind of... Now, I also, I think another good example for this if you want an actual person is the church lady okay so if you remember saturday night live the church lady well isn't that special i think this is a great character to over dramatize what a sexual one could be like so zeal is the word so for the first type the self-preservation think perfectionist okay that's perfect perfectionist for the social think reformer Okay. Reformer. They're going to show you the better way of doing things. And if they'll model it for you, and if you would just listen to all their wisdom, their five type wisdom, then you'd be better off for it. This person, I think zeal or, uh, and reformer in the sense of like being zealous to reform the culture of being zealous to reform, uh, the, the people around them. Okay. So I think they're, they're more of the reformer. Let me get that straight. The second one, what did I put down for the second one? I got so many notes here, I can't keep it all straight. Um, okay, perfect example. So let's go with reformer. Let's let's tag that on the the sexual one. I think that's the best word, better than perfectionist, because you might look at their life and say, whoa, I'm seeing stuff that's not perfect here." Well, I never said I was a perfectionist. I'm a reformer. My job is to be a crusader. You know, to for environmentalism for fill in the gap, I mean fill in the blank. It could be anything that they're passionate about that they think will make the world a better place and you need to and they'll be evangelistic about it. They'll be evangelistic about it. Um so reformer is a good word for this one. But they don't necessarily need they don't necessarily point that can canon at themselves. They don't necessarily point the canon at themselves like that they need to perfect themselves. They think I'm here to perfect the world around me. I'm here to perfect your behavior. Uh, and this can be very problematic for the people that are close to them, you know, for the people that are, you know, in that marriage relationship or in that family relationship, because, because they might point that, you know, at you, like I'm, I'm here to make you a better person. I'm here to make you a better you, you know, and I think not only could this one look like an eight, but this one could also at times maybe look like a four, um, because they can have a highly idealized view of what they're their significant other, their partner, their spouse is going to be like and when that spouse lets them down, they might move on, you know, to someone who is a better match for them or a better uh, you know, person for them, a better um um whatever. Okay. So, these people are less critical of themselves. They kind of feel like they've earned some downtime. Look at all the look at how responsible I am. I go to work twenty, you know, I I work forty hours a week. I come home, I clean up all this mess. I get everything, and so I've earned my time to go and pursue my own pleasure, or pursue my own gratification, or to pursue my own wants and desires. Um, so their anger could look like you know the first one was warmth, and the second one was cool. This anger, I think, is the most likely to look like anger. Their anger is most likely to look like anger and it could look like passion and zeal and energetic support for the causes they they believe in okay this is going to be the most openly angry of the three types so if you're a 1 and you do hit you know anger a lot this you might be the one-on-one one on one 1 i hate saying that so stupid all right so this one is more demanding than the other ones more focused on getting their own needs met more impatient more entitled more intrusive more invasive into other people's lives um and they have a sense of entitlement because of their own sense of their own goodness after all you know i've worked hard to to arrive at this place in my life um and so i deserve a little special treatment okay So they could be active in lobbying and evangelizing others for what they want and what they believe in. They can come across maybe heavy-handed and harsh. They could kind of claim the moral high ground and ignore their own mistakes while they're pointing out your mistakes. They may blame others in life for what's wrong. They can be focused on what others need to do and what others need to change. So think how different that is from the self-preservation. They're focused on what I need to do, what I need to change, how I can be better. I'm not. I, I'm striving, I'm striving. That's a huge word for the self-preservation one. Striving, striving, striving. This one, you know, this the, the one-on-one one um, kind of ignores their own mistakes and blames others for what's wrong. Again, counter one, right? Counter one. Uh, They can justify their own trapdoors or their own. I think another good example of this, you know, is like the mayor of the town in a dry city, you know, that's not allowed to drink. But then every Friday night he goes to a speakeasy and everybody says, how you doing, mayor? How you doing? You know, he's he's got the law enforcement out, you know, closing every um, uh, establishment, beer making establishment. You know, they're smashing barrels of beer on the news. Right. But then the mayor goes out on Friday night and what he's. He's in the speakeasy behind the door, gambling and drinking and, you know. But on the news, right, he's a crusader. He's a crusader. Um, I think, um, let's see. They don't question themselves as much as the other types, uh, the other subtypes. Um, they feel like, okay, what else? They can have two sides. They can have a playful side, you know, and they can have a very angry side. A side that's focused on pleasure and a side that's focused on, you know, getting things right and doing things the right way. They can be assertive, strong, and you know, and impose their ideas and their vision and their values and and their ideals on others. Um, double life, um, looking for someone to meet their standards. Okay, because they kind of they can kind of check up on you, kind of not believe your story. Uh, well, you know, if you're a counter one and you have a certain story, but then there's your action. You know that your action doesn't always live up to your your persona, your story, right? So then they might turn that around on you and start checking on your story and start, you know, investigating your behavior and investigating, you know, what you're doing with your free time because they might think the worst about you since they kind of know what might be going on in their own life. Okay, this gets us started. Um so exciting. I'm sure that everybody on this you know, has been offended by now and hurt and upset and angry, and my, my prayers are with you. Um, as you learn more about yourself, uh, don't hate yourself. Just observe. Observe what's going on in yourself. Don't try to fix it all, right? Just recognize that, oh, there's some shattered spots there. There's some broken areas here. Here's some room for improvement. And the more we understand about ourselves, the more compassionate we are with ourselves, and the more we can catch ourselves in stupid, goofy, foolish behavior, Because the real question for the one is, what do you mean by right? I mean, whose standard are you living for? Whose standard, you know, uh, that's the real challenge is whose standard or whose understanding of that standard? And so do you mean right and good and perfect in all your behavior or just what we see at work or just what you see at home? You know, none of us measure up in the sense of getting it perfect. None of us do. Some of us kind of gave up trying, you know, none, none of us measure up at, at being good or perfect. And the reality is is that's not why you're loved anyway. Um, the moment that you can embrace the fact that you're never going to measure up, that you're never going to get it right a hundred percent of the time, and just let some of that anxiety and some of that worry and some of that fear and some of that anger go and just say, man, Even though I mess up and even though I don't always get it right and even though sometimes my assignments are late and and aren't turned in the right way, even though it's amazing that people still love me. It's amazing. I got so many people in my life that still care about me and will put up with me and love me. Maybe I could let other people off the hook sometimes. Maybe I could be more patient with them. Maybe I could be more relaxed and more uh, of a caregiver and not just instruction giving. Maybe I could let other people find out on their own in their own time and I don't have to teach them every lesson, okay? And maybe I don't have to hide who I am because I have this idealistic standard of what I ought to be and maybe I could just be real with people and let them see my failures and my flaws and maybe they would still love me in spite of all that. Wow, so good. Be present to life, guys. I'll see you next time.